Thangs, it's your girl Rebecca here, and you're listening to Just Ghouly Things. <laughs> hey, Boo Thangs, and welcome back to Just Ghouly Things, and I am your beautiful host, Rebecca Ruber. So this is episode two of our quarantine spooky story special. And if you are a new Boo Thang listening, welcome. Um, this is a special series that I'm going to be having um occur during the quarantine here in the United States. So for every day that we are in quarantine, I'm going to be posting a episode that involves 10 spooky encounter stories with the paranormal. Now, the paranormal is a variety of things. It could be UFOs, Bigfoot, Mothman, um, ghosts, different types of orbs, anything you could think of that is not normal to everyday society. So without further ado, let's get right into the stories because I have 10 interesting stories for you. The first one reads, story of my experiences in my house. The story, the story. Wow, what a great start, Rebecca. The house I rent has spooky things that happen inside. All three of my kids and myself were experiencing things at the same time, but never spoke up about it until one night when we all confirmed the strange things happening. It started when my oldest came out from the shower and she was disturbed by something that had happened. As she described it, it was in the shower when she heard a faint whisper coming from the drain calling out for her. She said she wasn't sure that she even heard anything at all until she leaned in closer and the voice became more clear and almost demanding. She immediately came out of the shower to tell us knowing she would sound crazy. That's fucking nuts. We, however, had a very different reaction than what she thought we would. We all started talking about our experiences. My two other kids reported knocking on the doors, and when they opened it, nobody was there. I had experienced a dark figure in the corner of my eye while I was playing video games at night. It felt almost as if it was watching me. Every time I would try to look towards it, it would be gone, so I just tried to pass it off as my imagination or paranoia. My middle child claimed that she couldn't open the bathroom door one time and it was clearly unlocked. She was trapped for about five to ten minutes. Oh my God, this happened to me as a kid at my Uncle Dean's house and forever traumatized me. I would never go back in that bathroom again. Over the course of the next five years, we would have more experiences. I remember one time my mother came to visit us for a week. When she was about to leave, she was putting on her earrings when she dropped one on the floor. We heard it physically drop and went to look for it. We looked everywhere, and four years later, we still have never found it. My two youngest daughters heard screaming out of one of their windows. They went to look outside, thinking there were children playing, and nobody was there. My oldest daughter went out to the kitchen late at night and saw a dark figure in the window that appeared to be a 12-year-old boy. She thought it was a shadow, but the strangest part was that it looked like the shadow was coming from the inside. <laughs> that was, this is the same area I saw a dark, dark figure as well. There was another time in the middle of the day when out of nowhere, one of our light fixtures just dropped from the ceiling and broke. It wasn't loose or anything, but it just dropped. One night, my wife and I were watching TV in the living room. Suddenly, a loud bang came from the kitchen, so loud I would have assumed the fridge was knocked over if I hadn't seen it standing myself. I looked inside the fridge, and nothing was in disarray. We both looked all around the kitchen and outside of the house where the wall to the kitchen was, and there was nothing there that could have made such a sound. My oldest daughter was in her room during the afternoon one day, and she said she heard faint footsteps above her in the attic. It sounded like running around from a child, almost like it was playing. 
occurring right after she heard a faint but clear call of her name from what she thought were his sisters in the living room. I remember her coming into the living room to ask why her name was being called, but nobody was saying anything. She said the call was as clear as it would have been if it were yelled, but sounded only like a whisper next to her ear. This also reminds me of a different time, including footsteps, my personal creepiest. I woke up around 4 a.m. in my room and heard footsteps go from the side of the bed my wife was asleep on to the bathroom door, but then nothing. I thought she had gotten up or maybe was sleepwalking, but when I turned, she was still there. At 6 a.m., when her alarm on her phone went off, her phone was by the bathroom door where the footsteps ended. Oh, That is so creepy. More recently, my oldest has been the only one to experience anything unusual. The first occurrence was about a month ago in the morning. She had gone back home to get something. When she opened the front door, she saw the back door, which was open, slam shut. She noticed our two dogs were standing in front of it, ears perked up, but not barking. She assumed someone might have broken in or the wind caused it to open. She called me to make sure no one was supposed to be in the house, and I said no. She continued to check the rest of the house, but no one was in there. When she was later taking a shower, she heard wrestling of silverware silverware in the kitchen. It was faint, but she assumed it was the paranoia of the door being slammed shut that was making her think somebody was still there. We've only recently connected this to our other experiences, and the most recent event was earlier this week when my oldest was getting out of the shower. She went to get clothes from the laundry when she heard a faint echoing crying and whispers. She thought it was her sister in her room and put her ear up against the door, but the sound only got quieter as she did so. She realized the crying and whispering was actually coming from the vents near the door. Be aware, all these occurrences are happening in the span of five years and are normally around months apart, somehow, uh, however, grouped together. The knocking on my two youngest daughters' doors continued for months at a time. While living at this house, I have constantly felt a presence was hovering over me during the night. I always felt watched, but tried to make light of it by acknowledging it by name. We called it Jamie. We've noticed these things happening are more frequent when it's rainy, and I feel it's essential to note that my house is on top of a slab of limestone. So good for you, writer of this story, the one that's had these experiences, for noting that this happens when it rains and that the house is located on top of a slab of limestone. So those that are not too familiar with paranormal activity, a lot of times um, things are connected through, um, a higher amount of activity is connected through water, bodies of water, as well as through limestone. Limestone apparently is a huge um, trigger for these energies. So that is really important to know. Um, This is a really freaky story. And the fact that everyone in the house has had an experience, different experiences in their own ways. I'm battling back and forth of whether or not this is a malicious spirit or not, because it doesn't seem like they're physically touching any of the people in the house. It definitely seems, though, that whoever or whatever is in this house is definitely trying to convey a message to the people living there. Um, And I don't believe this is just one spirit. I do believe this is a few spirits in this house um, by by what I'm reading of the activity. So it'd be very interesting. And uh, like he said before, this is something, this doesn't happen every day. It happens every few months. But still, every few months is pretty frequent. I mean, I don't have paranormal experiences that often myself, so that's very interesting to um, to read. All right, next story. I experienced a ghost at my dad's house. So this reads, for a bit of backstory, my family 
had recently moved to Virginia from Las Vegas. At the time, I was about 9, 10 years old. I'm 24 now. My parents' marriage had become rocky and caused them to move back to Virginia, where most of my family still resides, and begin the divorce process. I was born in Virginia, but my parents moved to the West Coast when I was two. This was a weird transitional time for me. It was the first time my parents lived separately, and it all happened very fast. Before I knew it, my mom, brother, and I were living with my cousin in her home, and my dad found a place to rent in the same neighborhood with a former Navy buddy. That way, he could be close to us as possible, but still keep a quite a distance from my mom. My brother and I would stay at my dad and his friend's house on weekends. Every weekend, my brother and I packed our own bags of clothes, video games, etc. to entertain ourselves over the weekend at our dad's house. The majority of our belongings stayed at our cousin's house with my mom because we'd spent most of the time during the week there. One day, my dad had picked up my brother and I and brought us to his place. I set my bag of clothes right behind the couch and sat down to watch TV. My dad's friend Pete got home from work shortly after and sat down to watch TV with me. I don't remember exactly what show it was, um, but I remember it being on the Discovery Channel. Anyway, we were going about watching TV. He was making usual jokes and comments about the show. He was the kind of person that lit up the entire room, and I greatly enjoyed his company. As we were watching TV, I had the strongest urge to turn around and look behind me out of nowhere. Behind the couch is a dining room with a large wooden high table and chairs. To the left of the dining room behind us was the kitchen. I brushed off the feeling for a bit and continued to watch TV, then got the urge again no more than maybe five minutes later. This time, the clothes I had set behind the TV were completely out of the bag I packed them in. The bag was zipped up before, and I specifically remembered setting the bag down behind the couch as soon as I had walked in the door. I was in complete shock, and... The weirdest part was, was that the clothes were in a perfectly scattered trail leading into the kitchen, specifically leading towards the fridge. I had my eyes set on the ground and following the trail that led to the fridge, I looked at the fridge and the door to it was cracked open. The piles of clothes led back to the table behind the couch where we were just sitting. There was a gallon of milk on the table that was absolutely not there before. And as soon as I looked at it, it slid off the table and fell, getting milk all over one of the chairs and onto the floor, which means the cat must have been loosened as well. Keep in mind, this table was completely flat, and I would say the gallon of milk was about five inches away from the edge of the table before it slid off, which doesn't explain it sliding off on its own in the first place. I swear, I didn't hear any of this happening before looking behind my shoulder, and again, I had looked over behind me once, and everything was perfectly normal, and not any more than five minutes later, my brother's and I's clothes were scattered everywhere. The only people in the house were me, my dad's friend, my dad, and my brother, but during all of this, um, I'm sorry, I lost my place. Uh, But during all this, my brother and my dad were in my dad's room at the end of the hall playing Tony Hawk on the PlayStation. Whoa, this just, I know exactly what time period this was. All I can remember from Pete's reaction was him standing up yelling, what the fuck? What the fuck? I've realized as I'm typing this that I've never asked him about remembering the experience later on. He passed quite a few years later, so obviously I can't do it now. I do miss him very much and think of him often. Now that I think about it, my dad's house in that neighborhood always had the worst dreary energy, and the only days I remember being there were cloudy. My memories there are so foggy, but he didn't live there very long at all. 
Oh, that is interesting. This also goes back to yesterday's episode when I said the moral of the story is always follow your intuition, always follow your gut. For some reason, he just he just felt that he needed to turn around because he felt something behind him. He looked, didn't see anything, felt that same thing again, followed his gut again. He looked and all of that paranormal activity was happening behind him. His clothes had a trail to the kitchen. The spirit for some for some reason liked milk. Wanted some milk from the kitchen. I don't know where the I don't know where the connection between the milk and clothes are, but um, it's just interesting. It seems like a very playful spirit, nothing malicious. If this was the only encounter that they had, um, but yeah, just an interesting story, something different. All right, next story. My house is slash was haunted. I think my house is slash was haunted. <laughs> First things first, I'm sorry if this is hard to follow. Um, We moved into our current house in 2013. Before, it was on a horse route, and wagons would be pulled down the road in front of my house, and there is, like, a pole with a round, like, hook to tie your horses to when you need to rest, I'm guessing. I don't know. I'm pretty sure this is irrelevant, by the way. Uh, Basically, it's an old-ass house. Before we moved into it, it was previously owned by an elderly couple, and they would run a daycare in the home. The two rooms upstairs we used as rooms for the children. Oh, the two rooms upstairs were used as rooms for the children to nap. My room was the nursery for the young babies. Supposedly, multiple accidents happened in the house, and it wasn't able to go on the market for years. I have no idea what the accidents were. We were just told that shit went down there. What could possibly go wrong? About two years ago, I was laying in my bed and I had my dog with me. I was dozing off when the bottom right corner of my bed lifted and dropped down very hard. My dog started to bark and it was unlike anything I'd ever heard come from him. He's a smaller dog and it really scared me. So I called my dad and told him that I think someone is in my room. He came upstairs, turned on the lights, absolutely nothing. He told me it was just my imagination and my dog just could sense I was freaked out. So he went back to bed. I convinced myself it was just a weird half-awake dream and tried to go back asleep. Now in the hallway to my room is a hall closet full of blankets and board games. The door gets really stuck and it's very hard to open all the time. Like only someone with really strong hands and a good grip could get this bad boy open. (laughs) In my doorway, I have a gate because I was a nanny at the time and I would watch small kids. Not long after my dad went to bed, the closet hall, uh, the closet, the whole closet, oh my God, burst open and everything, even the built-in shelves were thrown down the stairs. My gate was ripped from the wall and it woke everyone up. It was so violent that it broke a mirror we had in the hallway and damaged the walls. About two weeks later, we all started to get sick and we didn't know why. I got so sick that I was rushed to the hospital and had to quit my babysitting job for a while. Around this time, we discovered black mold was growing in my closet my room, the hallway, the hall closet, and the bathroom. How did we not notice this before? I have no idea. We ended up having to sleep downstairs, my mom, dad, brother, me, and our two dogs. It was miserable, and we lasted for four months until my dad was able to finally get this cleaned up enough that the house was livable again. My brother was quite young at the time, so we kept this to ourselves. His room was right across the hall from mine, and he is known to talk in his sleep a lot. I remember as soon as I started to feel better, my brother's mental state was really weird. He would completely zone out and start crying and crying, and I never understood why. It was until he started to talk in his sleep, but it was like he was answering someone. 
He would tell me about how he would see kids running in the house, and it really scared me for a while. About six to eight months later, my grandma died unexpectedly from a fall, causing her neck to snap. Immediately after her death, it all stopped for a while, and there was a sense of relief in the house. Sometimes we get uneasy feelings and none of us want to be in the house. We all want to move because we've experienced something off and freaky. We've looked up everything we possibly can about the house, but we can't get any information. All we have is what was told to us by others when we bought it. We recently found out there's a hidden crawl space about four feet high and three feet wide in my closet that was boarded up by a metal sheet and wood that was painted white. I'm guessing to make it hard to see and it was very hard to move. What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) We had a hard time getting in and out, but it looks like it was just part of my room or maybe even another room, but it was bartered off for some reason and it wasn't on the original prints for the house. We recently discovered my brother had a similar crawl space, but his is bigger, like six feet tall and is pretty wide and leads right into my bedroom. But you have to crawl on top of a space near the attic to make the full circle around. I honestly have no idea how to successfully explain how the layout of the crawl spaces are. I've only been in there twice and it's very dark and hard to navigate. I've since then did my best to board up the one in my closet and I ended up putting a very big and heavy piece of furniture that holds my shoes in front of it. Other things like falling pictures, broken windows, hearing walking upstairs when everyone's downstairs, really big pieces of furniture like dressers and built-in shelves falling down while no one is occupying the room. It all feels really weird. Okay, right off the bat, gotta tell you, sis, bad energy right then and there. Get out of that house. I Even just reading your experience, I can feel the dark energy. I don't know about you guys listening to the story, but I feel negative dark energy. And unless you do some sort of cleansing, sage the house, look up some, you know, spiritual rituals you could do, I... I don't know. There was there's some dark history and there's a reason why you were only told X amount of information. I don't like that. There's definitely something, there's definitely a message that's getting that's trying to get across to you guys from something, something. All right. Next story. Black mass forms behind me in hotel bathroom. All right. Let's see what this is about. Maybe about a black mass form behind someone in a hotel bathroom. I don't know. Okay, so I want to start off by saying that I have never had fascination with ghosts or demons, spirits. I have always been into cryptids and aliens, but what I saw had negative energy attached to it. So in 2018, I went on spring break in New Orleans, a city known for hauntings, of course. After eating all that good fucking food and seeing the sights, it was time to head back to the hotel around 8 p.m. Now, keep in mind that this hotel was built in 1870 and used to be a fire station, so lots of history. Anyway, the fr- my friend and I, uh, the friend I went with said he was hungry and was, wa- uh, was, waking, was walking to a nearby restaurant. There was a lot in New Orleans. So I was the only person in the room now. I watched TV for a little and was getting tired, so I went into the bathroom to wash my face. Now, let me help you envision this. When I walked up to the bathroom door, inside it was pitch black, like literally a black void. I just stared at it for like 30 seconds because I could feel an uneasy negative force in there, but I chalked it up to all the crazy shit I've seen throughout the day in New Orleans. Seeing all the homeless people can be depressing, so I proceed to go in the bathroom. I'm washing my face and brushing my teeth. I look up into the mirror and I went cold. 
a black mass was literally forming behind me. It started out very small and I thought it was a roach or something. (laughs) A fucking roach. Then it progressively gets bigger and bigger to the point where I said out loud, dude, what the fuck? With a confused look on my face. I turn around and guess what? It's not a problem with the mirror. This thing is physically fucking behind me. I could feel its negative energy. It was nothing positive about the experience at all. I scrambled to open the door, but I was halfway frozen in fear. I could have sworn through the chaos of me trying to get out of the bathroom, the rotting corpse of a woman was beginning to form from this black mass. I finally managed to open the door and run the hell out of that room. I run down the lobby and go outside trying to get my shit together. I saw my friend and told him I refused to go back in that room. He, obviously very confused, asked what happened. I told him I saw a demon or something, and he sort of believed me because he said, this is New Orleans. Voodoo and crazy shit happens. Hurricane Katrina caused a lot of deaths and other crazy stuff. We cut the trip short and went home. For months, I didn't want to be alone in a room again, especially at night, and refused to look in the mirror for months. Until I realized I looked like shit and needed to reluctantly. By the way, I know I wasn't dreaming because I left all my bathroom toiletries in the bathroom and my friend left them in there when he got our bags closed. I refused to go back up there. So my crazy ass has to ask this question. Where is this hotel in New Orleans? Because I want to stay there in that exact room. I know, I know, I know. It goes against everything I tell you guys not to do. But I am very curious of what this was. And the fact that this black mass was manifesting itself into what he described as being a corpse of a woman. Like what what the hell even? Um, And it was a rotting corpse too. Horrifying. Traumatic. All right. This one's a little sad because it has to do with animals. But it's actually a positive. It's like a bittersweet one. So I'm just going to read it. Hopeful dream of deceased pet. I had to euthanize my almost 15-year-old border collie yesterday morning. I've had him since he was six weeks old. He had a good, vibrant life, but within the last two years, he's had some setbacks. He slipped a disc while playing one day and was diagnosed with IVDD, which limited his physical capabilities almost completely outside of walking. Anyone who's familiar with border collies knows how much energy they have, and even as an old injured pup, he still loved trying to chase balls. He also had a stroke last year. He's been going downhill for a while, and this past weekend, his health and body started deteriorating even more. He stopped eating, his back legs were giving out, and I had to accept the dying process had begun. So I took him to his vet yesterday, and he passed away peacefully, surrounded by love. Last night, I dreamed about him. My husband and I were out walking in some random landscape setting, and we saw him look at us, cross a road, jump over a fence, and get down on his forearms, butt raised in the air, ready to pounce on another dog in a playful way. My husband and I both laughed. Maybe it's wishful thinking, but I'd like to think this was his way of visiting me and telling me he's now happy, healthy, and able to play again like he used to. I'm not sure if this counts as paranormal, let alone an encounter. It was only a dream, but I just wanted to share. (laughs) Okay, I'm getting emotional from this story. (sighs) God, Yeah, I, I definitely think that our pets, especially, we have to realize that our pets they may only be a part of our lives for a certain amount of time, but we are their whole life, especially when you get a dog that's like six weeks old. And um, I think that if you've built a connection with a soul, 
that sticks with you forever, for eternity. So I definitely do think that your dog came through and was acknowledging that they're happy and that they're in a better place and they're able to fully function the way they did when they were a puppy. So that was just a beautiful story. All right. Next is titled, First Few Paranormal Encounters. It started when my mom and I moved into a new flat that was really old. The first few nights in my new room were really creepy and it felt like I wasn't welcome there, so I slept in my mom's room. My room was already kind of creepy because the walls are very high. After that, it was fine, but I still got a very uneasy feeling every time I was in the hallway just going to the bathroom or kitchen. I remember waking up because I needed to pee. When I walk my when I walk out, my door is my door there is a small wall mirror facing me. And I saw like a woman standing next to me. I was shocked, but I thought nothing of it because I had just woken up. After that night, it just kept getting worse. I was already 14 at the time and knew more about ghosts and all that stuff. Sometimes I would wake up in the middle of the night for no reason, always between 3 and 4 a.m. I once woke up in the morning like normal and I was wearing gray sweatpants and my mom noticed blood on my leg. So long story short, I had three deep scratches on my leg and had had to get stitches for one. My mom was terrified to the point where she wanted to move. A few months later, my mom was chatting with one of our neighbors who basically lived there her whole life and told her that a woman had hung herself in my room. I wasn't the same after that for a few weeks, but the things that happened to me just stopped from one day to another, which I was very happy about. The second encounter was scary at first, but kind of turned cute at the end. Okay, I need, to, I need to read more into this. When I was 16, my cat died of old age. She was actually 19. We had a framed picture of her standing on a shelf in the kitchen, and every time my mom and I would argue, it would just fall over and onto the ground. It just happened three times after that. My mom put it in a drawer because she didn't want it to break. My cat always came to my room when she when my other cats were annoying and when she wanted to sleep. It was like a safe place for her. She would also scratch on my door when she wanted to sleep in my room. She always slept on my broke little massage chair. I always slept with my door closed and I remember just laying down to sleep and I heard like little footsteps in my room and something jumping on that chair. I was kind of happy that she was still there and when I told my mom the next morning, she almost cried. Two years later, I still hear her there and even though I moved, I still hear her here and there. And even though I moved out, my mom told me she still hears her hop on that chair from time to time. Oh my God, bless that little kitten's heart. Oh my God. I have to stop reading animal, ghost animals because they make me emotional. Oh, that's so sweet. It's like the cat's there to kind of be a form of protection and reassure her everything's okay. Oh, okay. Next story. Snap out of it, Rebecca. Get your shit together. Got stories to read. Guardian angel after an accidental overdose. Oh my God. I should have, I should have planned these out differently because it's just tragedy on top of tragedy. Okay. Last year was a rough year for me. I struggled with opioid addiction and one night I accidentally overdosed. Luckily, my then-boyfriend came home earlier than usual and found me slumped on the living room couch. Next thing, I found myself in ED with my mom trying to keep me awake. I also took diazepam on top of opioids, so I was told that I'd spent eight hours in the ED room. After that, I was transferred to a different room 
And that's where it happened. So in this room, there was quite a number of women, mostly elder. Well, one night around dawn, I woke up to see a very beautiful older woman near my bedside, close to my face as I was lying on my side. She had the most beautiful and bright blue eyes I have ever seen. She had long, beautiful white silver hair, and she was so, so sad. I felt deep sadness in my heart. I don't really know how to explain it, but I've never felt such sadness before. First, I thought that maybe she was one of the other patients in the room and I wanted to talk to ask her why she is so sad, but I couldn't. Quick and quiet, she went towards me and towards the end of my bed, and I could see she was dressed in all white, of course, and had some sort of glimmer around her. She was so beautiful and so sad, those eyes will be forever in my mind. I'm starting to sit, and she was just gone. I haven't seen much I haven't seen much talk about guardian angels around here so I would love to hear if someone else has had ex- a similar experience. I find myself thinking often about that day now that I'm going through the 12 steps with my NA sponsor. I must add that this happened after 3 or 4 days after the overdose so I wasn't high on anything. I wasn't going through withdrawal either. Wow. I feel like that guardian angel was kind of a sign that like that sadness she was feeling, maybe she was trying to have this person understand the sadness that those around her would have felt if she had overdosed and passed away from the overdose. Um, I don't know. There's some, there, there's a specific reason why she was given that sign. And, um, Hopefully that sign can be used in a positive way. And since she's written this, hopefully her 12-step program is going successfully and can get her on the right path. All right. This next one is titled Elizabeth. This story starts a while ago when I was five. So just to give you an idea... You would open my door, and on the right is my dresser, and then in the car right is my bunk bed. Oh, in the far right is my bunk bed and a window, and then on the left is my TV and closet. So I slept in my bunk every night. However, I would wake up every night to see a body part or a dead body in my bed. What the fuck? Also, my dad has a very strong haunting on his side of the family. Anyways... My parents and I kind of wrote it off as just little kid nightmares since my mom doesn't really believe in spirits. Fast forward till I was about seven and I was still having these nightmares and I started having nightmares about a girl in the corner of my room. She was beautiful, just like absolutely beautiful and she had long black hair and she wore a pretty white flowy dress. Of course, the white dress. I started seeing her in real life, but only like a little glimpse in the corner of my eye. It was really creepy, and as you might guess, I was old enough to understand that wasn't a real person in my bedroom. So I started to see her get worse and worse looking every night, and she would start walking over to my bed, but I could only see her head since I was on the top bunk. She would lay beneath me in the bottom bunk, which was just a little play area at the time, until I fell asleep. I got brave one night and decided to ask her what her name was and why she was here. She said her name was Elizabeth and she refused to answer my second question. She stopped coming after a while and then just stopped coming at all. Fast forward again to when I was nine and I started having really bad sleep paralysis every single night. It would eventually go away and now I get it every few weeks. Anyways, when I was 11, we moved to Virginia. I had lived in Texas before As soon as I got here, I decided to explore around 
So I saw a river and pond and some other stuff, but then I saw a small forest, and that was a small area full of trees. I walked into the trees, and I found some graves, which creeped me out since they were obviously abandoned. I was reading along all the names and found one, Elizabeth. That's when I turned and bolted back home. After that, I would wake up to her in my room again, and she looked so awful this time. She was burned, and her hair was frizzled and burnt. She basically looked like she was just in a fire. I started waking up a few minutes earlier than when Elizabeth came, and another girl with blonde hair and a flowy light yellow dress would sit on my bed and tell Elizabeth to leave one, and she came, uh, leave once she came, and Elizabeth would scream and leave. I was only 11, so this scared me so badly. I would cry, and the girl told her, her told me her name was Lillian. This sounds so fake now that I'm writing it. Anyways, Elizabeth eventually left, and I started having more dreams about a little girl, Elizabeth as a child, pulling me out of bed laughing and taking me outside, but I would always pull away and run back to my bed. After that, I got super into spiritual things and saged my room and stuff. These dreams ended, and I found out weeks later the people who were buried there died from a fire. Yes, a fire. I have chills right now. I still see her in public or crowded places sometimes, but for now, she is gone. I'm not sure what happened with Lillian, but I haven't seen her since however I feel her uh, I haven't seen her, however I feel her presence. Thanks for reading, and thank you so much for getting to the end. That story gave me the absolute chills. Like, I am downstairs in the basement, and I have goosebumps on my arms right now. Like, that is a crazy story. That is insane. Um, all right, next story. Someone help me figure it out. So I'll start by stating my apartment's background. I live in an apartment building with three floors and a basement. The building was built around 1905 or 1910, I believe. Pretty old building if you ask me. While our basement is pretty creepy considering it's all completely concrete with multiple hallways and doors, it's larger than any of the apartments and all of it is concrete. Before the building was created, the basement used to be a funeral service and crematory service for funerals, which might hint why it's all concrete. Knowing that, it's come along, it's come along a dark past, the property, not the building yet. Now, the building. It was built, like I said, around 1905, 1910, don't recall. It's had many owners and renters, and sometimes, and something's off, but something's off when I moved in. I moved in 20 years ago and have been living here all my life. It's a nice town near the city, but it's kind of small, kind of not. Though, when I got back here in 2000, the owners of it were a really nice old couple. They were amazing, and everything was no problem. Year 2000. Sadly, the owner's wife passed away due to age, which was devastating and forced him to sell the building to another owner. The disturbing part, though, was that her wife passed in her sleep, and she passed in one of the rooms in my apartment. Time passed, and the next-door neighbor was very odd-looking. Next door is a small house. This is still 2000. And the owner was an old lady who always dressed in black. She would always creep through the window, staring at the room the ex-owner's wife passed, just looking into nothing. She moved randomly after a couple weeks and never spoke. Flash forward to today, 2020. Not any family member has never wanted to sleep in the room of the ex-owner's wife's past because they say they see things. I personally live there alone with my dogs and never have experienced anything in my 20 years here. The beginning. About a month ago, I awoke at 3 a.m. to a random caller from a number that said unknown. 
Skeptically, I pondered why someone would call at 3 a.m. I picked up and asked hello, but nobody said anything. The person on the other line was quiet. You could only hear breathing. My heart stopped in fear, and they hung up. I was scared, honestly. The next day, I get a call in the afternoon from someone in another state asking why the fuck I was calling at 3 a.m. and what I wanted. I told him the same thing happened to me and never recalled anything. Creepy enough, not any phone log was registered of an incoming call at 3 a.m. or calling at 3 a.m. We were weirded out and came to terms none of us did anything. We agreed to stay in contact in case something else happened, and out of curiosity, I asked what state my number was called from, and it was another state I wasn't in. I was freaked out. No later than 10 minutes after we hung up, both our phones were sending each other messages with weird numbers and phrases like, he did it, or turn around. None of us sent those, and we agreed to block each other's numbers to avoid anything worse happening. That scared me a lot. A week later after that incident, I was on my desktop cruising YouTube with my two dogs laying next to me. I have my desktop in the room where the building's ex-owner's wife passed. I was on YouTube when a portrait of an old childhood photo, note this portrait is on the ground and it's glass, unexpectedly broke. I was shocked. It's on the ground, so it couldn't have fallen and broken. I don't know what caused it, and I decided to head to my bedroom instead and stay on my laptop. Two days later after that happened, my dogs, both German Shepherd and Corky Mix, look into the same room and bark at nothing. They just stare at it in fright. One started screaming and whining and wouldn't leave my side all night. Just yesterday. I was up at 2 a.m. playing Modern Warfare and I heard scratching sounds in the living room. I didn't bother to check it out since I thought it might have been perhaps a rat or some shit, but the sound moved to my door and I was scared. I stopped playing and opened the door, but nothing. I went to sleep at 3 a.m. and my Xbox turned on randomly. It's never happened before. Huh. That's a very weird story because there were a lot of things going on after that woman left. But is it is it triggered from the owner's wife passing or was there something there before or was it after that lady that dressed in all black left? Like I don't I don't know. But that is a good story. So this is the last story for today's episode, and it is titled, I saw my grandpa accepting his own death in my dream. So my grandpa died one year ago on March 10th. I loved my grandpa with everything I had, and I miss him every single day. His last words to me were, don't be afraid. I really took that to heart, and I think of him every time I'm scared or nervous. Safe to say he was a big part of my life. Well, when he died, we all saw him leave. There's something that happens when a person dies. It's almost like you can feel them there and then they're gone. Well, I think of all I think of him all the time and how amazing he was, but yesterday I had a dream that really gave me closure. This is how it played out. Me and my dad are getting ready for a wedding-like ceremony. We're all dressed up and setting up chairs and tables. I could tell I was somewhere else, not in mind, not on earth, but somewhere. I see all of my close family was there, my aunt, my uncle, brothers, sisters, etc. So me and my dad finished up and went to sit down outside to watch the ceremony. My grandpa comes up to me and tells us how much he loves us and how he misses us. And the loudspeaker calls his name. Steve, redacted, please come to the altar. <laughs> I had to say redacted because I'm not going to say his last name. Um, he runs to a staircase and jumps over a fence to the altar. At that moment, I saw him go from his 76-year-old self through all the stages of life, 70 to 50, 50 to 30, 
30 to 10, 10 to 5, and an infant until he kind of just melted into a glowing essence, if you will. Me and my dad just stared where he was for a second and began walking off. We walked until everything went white and I heard the words, don't be afraid, echo in my head. I believe that I was connected to him in that moment and I believe he was accepting his death and trying to give me closure. I could tell that was him, not just the construction of my mind like my dad was, but was truly him in his beginning. He was there and I wanted to share and maybe give some closure to somebody going through what I was. Wow, that was a beautiful, beautiful way to end this episode of Just Ghouly Things. I hope you guys enjoyed the second episode of the Quarantine Spooky Story Special. Keep listening, guys. If you enjoyed this, please, if you're listening on Apple Podcast, rate us five stars. Send us a dope review talking about how amazing we are. The more rates and reviews we get, the higher up we get on the charts. By the end of 2020, I would love to be on the um, top 100 charts of the um, iTunes, uh, the Apple Podcast, which would be amazing. Um, follow us on Instagram at Just Schooly Things Podcast. Our Facebook page, Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Invite yourself to our private group, Just Ghouly Things Podcast group. Um, follow me on my personal Instagram page, at Rebecca Ruber. Uh, donate to our Patreon, Just Ghouly Things Podcast. If you would like to co-host a show with me and Lily, email us at Just Ghouly Things Podcast, your name, your social media handles, topics you'd like to talk about, and why you'd like to be on the show. Um, and if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that you'd like to share with us and have posted um, on our social media and talked about on our podcast, email us at justgoolythingspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, Boo Things, and we will talk to Boo later. Goodbye.